Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 36. I am so excited to have my doula, Sarah Beck, on to talk about childbirth and doulas. If you would like to submit a question, head over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, everyone. Hello. So we are just going to get right started. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sarah, who is on. Um, as I mentioned before, she is, she was my doula. Uh, she's also, I took prenatal yoga with her for many, many months before I had my little one. So I'm really excited to chat with her today. So a little bit about Sarah. Sarah is a Childbirth International Certified Birth Doula and holds a diploma in Childbirth Etiquette educator. She initially trained with DONA in 2004. She completed additional training with Childbirth International. Since then, Sarah has attended an average of 12 births per year with a total of over 165 births. Sarah works her childbirth education curriculum into her prenatal yoga classes and teaches childbirth education classes upon request. Sarah also works to support women through her birth consulting, answering questions about prenatal care, childbirth, and postpartum issues. Sarah is also a 500-hour experienced registered yoga teacher who has been teaching yoga classes since 2003. She spe- specializes in prenatal yoga and wellness. If that isn't enough, Sarah stu- studied Thai yoga massage with Mukti Michael Buck and became a Reiki master in 2008. Whew! If that's not- <laughs> What don't you do, Sarah? I try to do a little bit of everything if I can. <laughs> I love it. So since here we want to talk more about your role as a doula. So I want to know, how did you get into being a doula? Well, actually, um, it started because I had a an unmarried friend who was pregnant and was looking for somebody just to hold her hand and go through the process with her. And I thought, I, I can do that. I think I can handle that. And then, um, so that was back in 2003, and then after that, I had started teaching yoga classes, and I had a number of pregnant moms coming in to class, and I thought, maybe they need something different than a general yoga class, and I was looking for a way to just help them get the most out of the yoga class, and at the time, there was no prenatal yoga certification, so a friend, another friend of mine suggested um, doing the doulas of North America training to be a doula, thinking that that might help guide me in what women needed. So I did that training and it sort of grew from there. I started a prenatal yoga class and then I had other moms asking me to come hold their hand at their births. And after doing that for a few years, I wanted to know more of the medical side. So then I did a uh, midwife training and it just sort of evolved naturally. I love that. And I mean, from totally personal experience, taking your class was so, so helpful. And I, we were looking into hiring doulas and I was like, oh, Sarah's one. I want her to be mine. I wonder if she's, she's available to do that. So um, I love that whole kind of the whole community aspect of helping, you know, prenatally during actual childbirth and delivery and then I know you also do some postpartum classes as well so um, I think it's really uh, such a great experience that you bring to people so what I'd like to get into for our listeners is kind of what what do you think as a doula what do you think 
are the best benefits of hiring one? Oh, my gosh. I feel like there's a lot that um, a doula can bring to the table, especially if you're in a hospital setting. There's, it's nice to have, first and foremost, just somebody there to answer your questions. Um, you know, the doctor comes in and tells you things like I had a doctor that came in and said, oh, the baby's OP, so we're going to do a C and walked out. And the, the mom was like, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> so I was able to say, okay, this is what he was saying. And now let me translate it into complete English. Um, so it's nice to have that, that explanation. It's nice to have continuity of care. So as the doctor's change shift. As the nurses change shift, you have that one person that's there with you the whole time that just says, you know, this is what's going on with this mom. These are the concerns that we have. These are the questions that we have. So it's nice to have that continuity. And it's nice to have somebody that has been through it before and can answer your questions if you're feeling uncomfortable, can help you to manage your discomfort, um, your concerns, you know, physically and mentally. Um, and just, you know, also be there to support your birth partner. So even if you're there with a spouse or a loved one, to give them a chance to okay, go eat something, go to the bathroom so that they don't feel like they can't leave the mom while she's giving birth. It's just, there's so much that we can bring. Yeah, I, I think that those are really great supports. And I would say for me personally, too, the actual like leading up into it, knowing that I had a doula coming to support me through childbirth was kind of stress relieving throughout the whole pregnancy. So it wasn't just right. during the time, but it was like, you know, even if my birth didn't go as expected or planned, cause they don't ever go as expected or planned. It was like, I have someone there the whole time that is on my side. That's not just my partner and can help answer questions that come up. And I don't feel like I need to do as much research and to, you know, and, because I don't need to understand everything that the doctor's telling me. I have another person, a trained pro professional to kind of help me. With right. That. You don't have to have all the answers because somebody else does. <laughs> so can you talk about kind of the roles of a doula versus the roles of say your doctor or your midwife? Absolutely. So what happens with the doula is they're not necessarily there to do medical interventions. So they're not going to take your blood pressure they're not going to check the dilation of your cervix. They're not going to enter the data into the system, you know, the, the medical system. They won't necessarily even be the one to catch the baby when it's born. They're just there to um, be an advocate for mom to make sure that they, the doctor doesn't just walk in and say, well, you have a hangnail, so we're going to do a C-section. And they'll make sure that we go through all the steps in between um, and to to translate, to answer questions, to be supportive, to remind you to move around if you feel uncomfortable, to keep you calm, where the doctor will come in for the birth, but not necessarily be there throughout. The doctor is really there just to deliver the baby, which is a super important part, <laughs> but they're not there for you during the hours leading up to that. And the, the doula is going to be there with you the whole time. Great. And what, and what should people look for when hiring a doula? Like maybe questions that they should ask or personalities, things like that, that, that they should kind of see an interview. I always say you should interview a few doulas and make sure that it's somebody that you feel like you have a rapport with. It's not always um, a number. It's not always a skill set. It's not always a number of births that somebody has attended. It's somebody that you feel like you click with. This is going to be, you're going to be doing something that's so personal and so intimate and you want to make sure that you're there with somebody that you feel comfortable with. If, if you 
feel uncomfortable with them, if you feel like they're too overbearing for you or if they're not strong enough to support you, then that's not going to be a good fit. You want somebody that you just feel like you've got some sort of connection with. Yeah, I love that. I personally had not a good experience with a doula, so I think finding the rapport is really important. Are there any questions that you think are a really good way to like find out the rapport or how a doula would handle a certain situation? It's funny, I've had moms that come in and they say, I have a list of questions that I printed from this website about interviewing, and then I find that they don't ask the questions. We just sort of have a conversation. And they sort of get to know me. They, you know, one of the favorite questions is, well, how long have you been doing this? And how did you get started? And then it's just, it evolves into a general conversation about, you know, oh, do you have kids? And what do you do? And just, just that natural conversation, I feel like, gives you a better, better idea than, you know, a list of questions, although you can find them. <laughs> I love that. No, I think that's great. <laughs> I'm going to add to that as well. Um, and I think that the being able to have a conversation is really important because you have to think about how many hours you are going to spend with this person in a very private and personal moment. You also want your partner to be comfortable. You know, if your partner, if you have a partner and your partner is going to be there as well, Absolutely. then you want that partner to be able to have a conversation because, well, you know, in labor, you may not be very conversational, but your doula might be. And you want to make sure that that's everyone in, on all parties involved feel good about that. And I think that we've kind of felt the same way when we, we were interviewing nannies. And it was like we went with a person that we felt like we could have a conversation with and we could talk to because it's really important for me to have good communication. So I think that it's whenever you're trusting something really important it's it's not always about the experience it's not always about the number of births or the amount of um, time that someone has been doing something but it's well do I trust you do I feel comfortable in your presence because that's in my opinion the best thing that they you guys can offer is comfort um, on all levels whether it's understanding or knowledge or positioning or those kinds of things are all related to being comfortable so if you're not comfortable having a conversation, then it may be time to interview someone else. So the last kind of section that, and we can kind of take as long as we need to for this part, um, is do you have any tips that you feel like are kind of really great go-tos or things that are pretty applicable to most moms in labor, before labor, just to make the process a little less um, overbearing, maybe? I tell, and Beth, since you came to my yoga classes, you heard me harp on this so much. I'm always saying, figure out what keeps you calm. It's, I don't think that the biggest challenge in um, giving birth is the physical. I mean, while that is a challenge, I really think it's the mental game. It's the, I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know if the discomfort is going to become more intense. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's that mental game. So I always say, figure out what's going to keep you calm. And whether that's watching something on TV, whether that's listening to music, whether that's using um, essential oils for fragrance, whether it's getting up and moving around, whether it's using um, a hypno birth or a hypno baby um, meditation type scenario. It's just figuring out what works for you and knowing that and maybe experimenting with and playing with things in advance. So trying different things that 
you know, if you feel anxious, what is it that you do to calm yourself down and know that that's going to be a good starting point for you when you're, when you're giving birth, when you're having this baby. So I feel like that's really important. And then as far as just the physical aspect, I feel like it's getting up and moving around. So lying in bed and saying that you feel uncomfortable isn't going to help you as much. Knowing that you can get up, stand up, move the bed into a squatting position, get in the shower, take a walk, make sure that you remember to get up and go to the bathroom. All these things are so important. And don't be discouraged if you are being monitored or so you feel like you're, you know, connected to wires because not every hospital has a wireless setup. Still know that you can sit on the glider, you can sit on a ball, you can adjust the bed. So do those things. Don't just let yourself sit in bed. And even if you get the epidural, know that you can still, even if you can't do it for yourself, have somebody help you to roll from side to side. Have somebody help you to move the bed into a squatting position. And know that you may be able to get onto your hands and knees, even with that epidural. So just take advantage of this opportunity to move around and that change of scenery can also help your mental state, help you to just feel a little more calm and a little less trapped. That's wonderful. And I, I will say firsthand that, that you definitely helped me get into a variety of positions after the epidural, despite, you know, all the variety of positions we were in before that, um, that I never experienced with my first one. Cause my first one, I pretty much just laid there maybe on my side a little bit, but, um, it is it is fully possible to get into I was sitting up for a while with the epidural with the you know the way that the bed shifts and moves you can you can do a lot of different things um so that was that was fantastic for me trying to think if there's anything else related to kind of birth and doulas and that kind of thing that that we want to cover Andrew do you have any questions on on that side of things no, I just want to, yeah, enforce that changing positions. I think that's probably why I had so much pain after mine is because I was not, I never got really changed once I got in like that on your back position after the epidural. Um, and I, I don't think I knew that was an option. My doula didn't tell me that was an option. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, different conversation. So yeah, so definitely like know that you absolutely can be shifted and do it because you'll pay for it later on if you stay in one position for a really long time so yeah it also helps the baby to descend down through the pelvis so rolling from Mm -hmm. side to side or sitting up or getting on your hands and knees and shifting around helps that baby to to wiggle down and Mm -hmm. make that whole birth process so much easier so it's not just you know the the epidural pulled in my butt and my butt was numb and everything else still felt (laughs) discomfort or you know I lied just on my left side and it Uh I couldn't lift but it's it's also changing the shape of your pelvis and putting the weight in different positions and thinking about you know creating that double Mm -hmm. hip press by lying on one side versus the other so really creating the space for the baby to move so even if you're not standing still getting those benefits even after the epidural awesome yeah and I think that that was really helpful for me and I want to tell our listeners is is knowing why we're doing certain things. So it's kind of like I knew from working with Sarah ahead of time in, in the prenatal yoga classes, she always gave an explanation of, well, this is why we do this kind of thing. So it's like, well, you know, you get the epidural and you're like, no, I'm just going to sit and catch up on Orange is the New Black because, you know, I've got unknown amount of hours here. But knowing that that movement not only, you know, even if you can't necessarily feel much of anything, that movement actually helps make baby get further down, get into a better position, do those kinds of things. That's really helpful. And 
I would say if you're a first-time mom, first-time baby, t- be going to a prenatal class where somebody gives that kind of information or having you know, a lot of the doulas seemed to, that I interviewed offered multiple choice options. So it was... Um, it was the ability to say, hey, let's go and figure out maybe we'll have multiple stops where it's multiple meetings before we actually get together and have this baby together. So that's definitely something to consider if you're a first time mom and, and you're looking into a doula. I was going to say, I do think that's so important to have those, you know, free a few meetings ahead of time just so that you do get to, you see my face, you know my voice. You, you get to talk to me and you do build that rapport with you and your, and your partner, whoever that might be. So you're not, you, you know me a little better before we get in, into the down and dirty nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah. Andrea, you want to ask your last question quickly before you have to sign off? Maybe. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't find my mute button. Um, yeah. So if there's one thing that you wish everybody could understand or know, what would it be? Regarding birth? Or anything, literally anything. I mean, maybe we can limit, you know, someone who's pregnant, <laughs> you know, if you had one like piece of advice you could just share with women, it's like, if, if I could just magically instill this knowledge upon everybody. I tell everybody, um, no matter what you have to get through to have this baby, it is so worth it. No matter what your path is, no matter what obstacles you face, you being a mom is more than you can imagine. And it is always so worth it. And I, if there's time, I can actually give a, an example of this that just happened recently with me. You definitely have time. Okay. <laughs> I, wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if you're tight on time. Um, I had a mom who um, unexpectedly gave birth at 33 weeks. And she wasn't a client of mine, but she'd come to the prenatal yoga classes. And she said that despite all the complications with having this preemie completely unexpectedly, she kept thinking, Sarah, you said in class that no matter what, it would be worth it. And she said, I'm just, I couldn't be happier being a mom. And she sent me videos and pictures almost every day about this, this process that she was going through with, you know, getting the baby out of the NICU and getting him off of his, you know, feeding tubes and his breathing tubes and all of that. And she said, you're right. It's so worth it. it. Nothing else matters. This is just the most important. This is not what I expected, but this is perfect. So just remember that no matter what the obstacles are, the outcome is so worth it. <laughs> I love that sentiment. I was wondering if there's anything that you wanted to do before or tell our listeners before we end this completely. Just encourage them that they can do this. Absolutely. You've got this. Your body is meant to do this and you you got it. You, you can do it. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us today. For more from Sarah, you can find her at sarahelizabethbeck.com or you can, if you're in the area of Westchester, Pennsylvania, you can find her at her co-owned yoga studio at Now and Zen Yoga WC.com. I will link to both of them in our show notes. And you can follow Andrea and I on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feeds of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.